This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Mahachek. I am so glad to be back. I took a little hiatus again. I took a few weeks off. I just did not have the capacity to make a new episode. And I try to, you know, unlike other podcasters, I think other podcasters might make like multiple episodes in advance. I kind of do them like the week or two before because I want the topics to be the most relevant that I've been talking about or learning about or, you know, recent things in the news, that type of thing. So I don't want to do them too far in advance. So when I need to take a little bit of a break, then I don't get any episodes out. So, but I've missed you. I've missed the episodes. I've missed putting them out. I've missed creating them. And I'm glad to be back. So today's episode is all about the missing piece of nutrition that I have been seeing oh so much, oh so much lately. It is mind-blowing how common missing this nutrient or this uh, part of nutrition is. And I'm going to go over all that, a little bit of a teaser for you. But before I talk about all of that, I have been working with different athletes, different teams, um, different types of adults, like menopausal women, different adults in their, you know, late 20s, 30s, 40s, some teenagers. And as you know, I like to focus on trends. I know we all want to think that we are just such unique little butterflies, but there are overlaying trends that as human species, (laughs) I tend to pick up on when it comes to nutrition. And the the most important thing, and this kind of goes back and forth in my brain when it comes to nutrition and how to properly fuel your body. And what I noticed over the past few months, I guess, I mean, I've noticed this for a while, but it's really been concentrated in the past few months um, to the point where if I were to estimate it, if I were to go back in my records and kind of look I would estimate that probably 75 to maybe 80-ish percent of the people that I've been talking to and the the, the teams and things that I've been working with, 75 to 80-ish percent, and that's, that's just my estimate, are missing this thing in their nutrition. So what do you think it is? Many people may say, oh, it's protein, they're not getting enough protein, or, or they're not getting enough fiber, or they're not getting enough of, you know, a certain nutrient or vitamin, or maybe they're not getting enough iron. But the answer is all of it. They aren't getting enough food in general. We are a nation of diet influencers, restriction, minimal calories, going all day without eating, low carb and protein shakes. Somewhere along the line, we decided that minimizing our daily intake of food was the key to health and happiness. But where has that left us? Now, I, for the longest time, battled the calorie discussion because so many of us have been hyper-focused or trained to the core to focus solely on calories. And it got to the point where I was pushing back on the notion of calories And more so, I was pushing back on the notion of hyper-focusing on calories. But 
you can't ignore the fact that so many people of different capacities, of different athletic abilities, of different age groups, of different genders, of different socioeconomical status, all of the things, different people are simply not getting enough calories. They're not getting enough food in general. The average recommended calorie intake for an adult should be around 2,000 to 3,500 calories. Of course, huge asterisks with this. It depends on your age, depends on your activity level, your health status, your metabolism, and a host of other variables. But let's look at women. The average woman in America is told to eat 1,200 calories a day. That's like the standard in dieting, 1,200, maybe 1,800 calories a day. You you focus on like an algorithm and any of those, you know, nutrition apps or, or meal tracking apps or whatever. And a lot of times people will say, well, yeah, the, the app told me I need to get 1,200 or 1,500 calories, which is absolutely absurd. You wanna kick up your stress hormones and throw everything off balance? Make your body think it's in a famine. That's, that's, that's just what it needs, right? In that moment. When your body is not getting enough fuel, i.e. calories, i.e. nutrients in general, it thinks it's in a famine. And yes, we can talk all day and night about, oh, then it stores nutrients and blah, 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 blah. But looking at it from a hormonal perspective, when your body is under stress, aka it thinks it's in a famine, your stress hormones elevate. And when your stress hormones elevate, a whole lot of other things get thrown off balance, like your digestion, like your nutrient absorption, like your sleep, so many other things. So as a comparison, by the way, the average toddler needs about 1,000 to 1,400 calories a day. So just saying, a grown woman who is busy trying to manage stress, function as a human, and accomplish things during the day definitely needs more than a toddler. Now, don't Come at me in my DMs and emails saying, but I only eat 1,200 and I feel great. Each person varies. Of course, we we know that each person varies. Everyone has different needs. But long term, restricting calories is not a success plan. When you enter a new phase of life, you will likely find restriction won't work for you anymore. One could argue if it even worked for you at any point. Now, Even more important than the discussion around calorie quantity is the matter of calorie quality. For the people who may be getting enough calorie quantity, the quality of those calories are important. Like they could be severely lacking. There's a huge difference between getting 3,000 calories of fried foods, candy, and soda versus getting 3,000 calories of lean meats, veggies, and whole grain. When you feed your body what we call empty calories or calories in food or or drinks that contain no other beneficial nutrients, your body still feels empty. You know, there's there's a social media post for you. Empty calories equal empty body. From a cellular level, there is no iron, no calcium, vitamins that has entered the body for it to use to function. It's just sugars or chemicals or other non supportive things in empty calorie foods. Yes, there are calories but the cells need actual fuel and building blocks to function. When your body doesn't get the tools or nutrients it needs to function or supplies of the nutrient starts running low in the body, what does it do? It kicks up the hunger hormones and sends signals for more food because from that perspective, it doesn't have any 
even though you may have had an entire bag of candy and a lot of calories. It doesn't have the nutrients it needs, so it's gonna send those signals. So you can see how this can lead to weight gain or in, in emotional issues around food and can snowball into other things, all because the quality wasn't there. Not only that, but you can also feel tired. Your body doesn't get the vitamins and minerals and proteins and fats it needs to balance hormones and create ATP, which is the driver of energy to the cells and muscles. It's going to feel sluggish. It's going to feel tired. You may feel like you need a nap. Being tired may prevent you then from getting exercise. Or I can't tell you how many athletes still push themselves through workouts or training days, but the quality of their exercise is lacking because they are simply exhausted and they don't have the fuel to support their workouts. So you might be going through the motions, but you're not getting a good quality workout where your muscles are appropriately stressed and your cardiovascular system is appropriately stressed because it's exhausted. So you're not getting the true benefit of that workout. We make different food choices, of course, when we are tired as well. And this may throw off sleep at night, which starts that cycle all over again. Again, all because the quality of your food wasn't there. Also the quantity. There have been numerous situations in the past few weeks of working with clients who complain about fatigue. And when we break down what they're eating in a day and when, it's clear they aren't eating enough and the timing of their nutrients also needs an adjustment. So not only are they not eating enough, not eating good quality, but the timing that they choose to eat is just simply not supportive for them. I can't tell you how important it is when it comes to preventing fatigue to figure out your nutrient timing and the quantity as well as the quality. There's a lot of things to think about, I know. But it's a game changer. Speaking of which, I've been doing more work with athletes lately, partly because of my doctoral research project, which is focusing on female athletes and nutrients needed to avoid injuries during their you know, different phases of the menstrual cycle. It's, it's a huge project. I'm so excited to talk more about it. We're for sure going to do a podcast. I'm probably going to bring my, uh, my, my co-partner on the project on with me, um, but more to come on that. But partly also, I'm talking a lot about it because I'm an athlete. And I find athlete nutrition fascinating. Sports nutrition is super fascinating. Talk about proof that nutrition is important for body functioning at its peak, right? Like your nutrients are so important to how you perform and how you function. There's a night and day difference in athletes that they can see when they make simple changes in their timing and quality of food, not, not to mention the quantity. Anyways, I was speaking at a local college to one of their teams and these women looked exhausted. Many of them were, well, not many, but a few of them were falling asleep in their chairs. Um, some, after the presentation, told me what they eat in a day. And it was awful. And I don't say awful as a judgment. I say it as a measurement of quality. It was awful. Their dining hall, granted, you know, these, these women are college women. They are um, on campus. They're eating in their dining hall or their cafeteria. And the dining hall did not give them very healthy options. As you can imagine, for those who went to college, you may have flashbacks of what the cafeteria food might have looked at looked like. They had also limited budgets, so they weren't able to just go out and, and get a ton of, of fresh, healthy things. They're going to school in the morning and training in the afternoon. They're staying up late, getting their schoolwork done and socializing. They're just depleted. And many of them, many of them that I talked to skipped breakfast. Many didn't eat before training. Some would maybe have a protein shake or a bar after training, and then they'd rely on things like DoorDash or something like that to, to get their dinner. Now, it's 
easy to assess this by saying, oh, they just don't get good quality sleep. That's why they're tired, which they maybe don't. That could be definitely a contributing factor. Of course, you know, being exhausted is multiple layers of things. But the bigger issue is they didn't even know that they didn't need to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. And they had no idea. They just assumed I'm in college. I'm just tired. Simple nutrition swaps like cooking an egg in a microwave in your dorm or making a three bean salad out of canned chickpeas and beans. That would be a far more nutritious option that's very inexpensive and you can make it in your dorm room. Those are all things that they just had no idea to. They were never exposed to that. Then, of course, there's the timing. No athlete should skip a meal. That's just my maybe very biased opinion, but I truly don't see any benefit in an athlete skipping an entire meal. No person really should skip a meal, in my opinion, if they can help it, but at least not with the intention of weight loss. If that is the intention, skipping a meal is not going to be a good option. To get enough quality calories in a day can be a challenge enough. We don't need to shorten that window. Optimal performance, whether that's on a field or on a court or even in everyday life, needs optimal nutrients. Now, our own rules in our head or influences we see on social media around the best way to eat kind of tends to cloud our own judgment and has an impact on our actions. I've been saying this to clients a lot this past month when it comes to eating. We need to get in a good practice of clearing our mind from the chatter and asking ourselves in my opinion, one of the most powerful questions you can ask yourself. And that question is, what do I need right now? Now, this comes in handy when you find yourself snacking or craving certain things. It comes in handy if you're feeling like an emotion is is dictating what you eat. It comes in handy if you're hungry. What do I need right now? Simply asking yourself that question. For example, maybe it's at 2 p.m. snack time. You aren't fully hungry, but you're feeling the urge to snack. If you stop and ask yourself, what do I need right now? You may find you need a glass of water. You may find you need to go for a quick walk outside. You may find that you need to take some deep breaths and do some deep breathing exercises or meditation. Or you may find that your lunch wasn't filling enough, so you need a snack with some fiber and some protein to get you through until dinner time. The question can be a good exercise in connecting your mind and body again. So many people have gotten away from listening to their body and instead listening to what a diet is telling them about their own body. A diet doesn't know when you're hungry. A diet doesn't know about your hormones. A diet doesn't know your body's size or metabolic needs. So why are you listening to a diet? So I want to leave you with an example of how this might look. I had a client who wanted to lose weight as most of mine do to a certain degree. She had tried all the diets, Noom, Weight Watchers, Atkins, you name it. She'd been successful for a few weeks or maybe a couple months on some of them. Then something would come up and she'd stop the diet and resort back to her typical eating patterns. And and quite frankly, she was exhausted. She had daily fatigue. She wasn't sleeping well. She was still kind of piecing together bits and pieces of each of her previous diet. And I think she had had worded it. She can't not (laughs) look at food without assigning it a point value. She she just it was just ingrained in her from from dieting for so long. 
Now I figured out her calories based on her, her calorie needs based on her training schedule. She was also training for a half marathon. So she was doing frequent, you know, training runs. Now as a sidebar, I don't live and die by calories. I really think they're overrated to be honest as the sole thing that so many people focus on. I do, however, think they should be used as a general guide in order to determine energy needs. Okay, so I figured her caloric needs to be around 2,700 to 2,800. Again, I usually give a range because there is absolutely no way you can convince me that a human body needs a specific number, that same number every single day. There are just too many factors that go into your body's needs for calories that vary on a daily basis. It just have. If it's cold outside, you might need a different amount of calories. If you're partially dehydrated, you might need a different amount of calories. If your hormones are fluctuating that particular time of the month, you, you need a different amount of calories. If you're fighting a virus or something like that, you need a different amount of calories. There's no way when you are assigned a magic number of calories that you can expect to hit that number and expect results every single day. It just doesn't happen that way. Anyways, I'll get off my soapbox now, I promise, but I might jump back on in a second. So I figured her calorie needs to be the 2,700 to 2,800 range based on, you know, her specifics, her height, her weight, her age, her activity level, her daily life, etc. Guess how many she was getting on average? 1,400 on average. Most days she was getting 1,400 calories. She was coming in at roughly half of what her body needed. Now, if you still follow that misguided and outdated thought that weight loss is all about calories in versus calories out, I gave you example A. From that logic, she should have been dropping weight left and right. However, she had been fluctuating up and down the same 10 to 15 pounds for years. So I gave her ideas on how she could get closer to that target calorie range using whole nutrient dense foods. We split up her breakfast, lunch, and dinner into roughly about 500 to 700 calories each, added a second lunch in there and focus her nutrients around her training. That timing was crucial to help battle that fatigue. Now, I am not going to lie and say that this was easy and everything was rainbows and butterflies for her. It was a struggle to get her to eat more. Decades of diet culture needed to be undone or at least rewired. We had to go slow with this. It wasn't like she took that info and was like, okay, cool, thanks, got it, bye. It was weeks of, but I can't eat that much or I'm scared to eat that much or I'm gonna lose or I'm gonna gain weight. I mean, it's it's totally normal. She was feeling all the feels. It was a lot of resistance. Slowly though, she started to do it. Adding in an extra snack here and there, incorporating a breakfast, moving around the timing of the nutrients. And slowly she started noticing her run times were getting faster. She was feeling stronger after, specifically after a long run. She was sleeping better. And sidebar, a lot of people don't realize how many sleep issues are actually nutrition related. It's kind of funny. Depending on what you're eating before bed, you could have blood sugar spikes and crashes overnight that can wake you up. If you have foods that cause, say, like acid reflux, that can wake you up. If you don't get enough food during the day, that can wake you up. If your gut bacteria isn't happy because you've given it a bunch of chemicals and artificial sweeteners instead of fiber and phytonutrients, that can wake you up. Just, you know, something to think about if you are having sleep issues, take a look at your nutrition. 
Now, she wasn't seeing the weight just fall off like she'd like, but her body was stabilizing and she was seeing a pound drop here and there. Now, before you write this off as unsuccessful because she didn't immediately drop 20 pounds in a month, consider this. Success is defined by the progress you make and the growth that happens. So she learned that she was actually abusing her body. Now, I heard a well-known dietitian say once, if you starved a child, it would be called child abuse. If you starved yourself, it's called dieting. That has always stuck with me. So stop abusing yourself and learn to eat how your body needs you to eat and not by a diet's idea of how you should eat. Okay, so just a little uh, follow-up with that particular client. She successfully ran her half marathon in a much faster time than she had even had set originally as her goal. She was eating more food than she ever had. She had so much more energy. And yes, the weight was eventually coming off. Again, slow and steady. It's not the super fancy fun 10-pound weight losses a week. It's the one to two pounds every week, every other week, the slow and steady progress, which we all need. That is what she was seeing. And it was a, it, kind of a reframe in her brain that this was actually successful. And she was experiencing a lot of non-scale victories as well. So I started this episode discussing calories and then ended it by kind of talking about eating more food. That's the summary of the episode, right? <laughs> Just eat more food. Hopefully you'll use this information and take a good look at what you are currently doing. Are you feeling energetic? Are you feeling strong? Are you feeling healthy and vibrant? If not, is it possible you need to eat more? And or do you need to eat more quality foods? So if I were to kind of leave you with a little bit of a recap, pay attention to the quantity the quality, and the timing of your foods. If there is a symptom you are experiencing like fatigue or weight gain or hormone fluctuations or sleep issues or digestive issues, any symptom that you are experiencing, reflect back on the quality, the quantity, and the timing of your foods and see if there needs to be an adjustment there. Because most likely if you are feeling distress in something, then something needs to change. So of course, as always, like I say on on most episodes, if you need help figuring this out, please reach out to me. We can schedule a a consultation, a free consultation. I'll put that in the show notes below. Um, There's also a ton of free resources on my website that talk about, you know, there's like easy meal planning ideas and uh, dinner recipes, things like that, sugar information, all sorts of things on the freebie tabs of my website, foodfactornutrition.com. So feel free to uh, check that out and download some of those freebies. And also I do have that start fresh program. So if you're like, maybe this is a good time to reset and just refresh and start new with some whole food eating, this program provides you with that for four straight weeks. It provides you with four weeks worth of whole food meals that have no sugar added, no artificial ingredients in there. It's just good old fashioned whole foods put together in a way that is easy for most people to do on a a regular basis. You can even do some meal prepping with some of them. 
Um, and it gives you a good baseline to adjust. Now, in, within this program, you can also swap in and out different recipes should you need to. So um, other people who have gone through the, the program have said like, oh, well, I, I don't you know, eat this, but can I swap it in for that? Yeah. You just click the button, you just swap in a new recipe and, and it's easy to do. So, and you can adjust the serving sizes as well. So if you have a family of six, like I do, a lot of recipes are just built for, for four people, four servings. So I always have to adjust recipes. So you can do that within the app and it will print out the, the grocery list for you or download the grocery list for you. So you don't have to worry about that. You can just take it to the store and get what you need. So um, it's a really cool program. A lot of people have kind of gone through it and, and had some success with it just as a way to kind of reset their intentions around eating whole foods that are supportive for their body. Um, so if you have any questions on that, please reach out. You can find information on foodfactornutrition.com and I will put it in the show notes as well. So I am so glad to be back making these episodes. If you have a topic that is really bugging you or really confusing to you, please send me an email or send me a DM on social media at Food Factor Nutrition. And I'm happy to cover any questions that you have or any topics that you find um, valuable. And I'd love to cover them on the, uh, on the podcast. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.